Welcome to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah from Baker Tilly KDN. This podcast is about helping business owners and entrepreneurs understand and overcome their tax planning challenges. Join us for this journey as Frankie Loretto and Sarah Netley draw from years of expertise and guest experts to help make complex tax planning concepts make sense. Hello and welcome to From the Source with your hosts, Frankie and Sarah, where you get the right information right from the source. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi, Wendy. We're we're hanging in there. We're good. We're both sick ducks today. It's November and we've been fighting the illness. We were trying, you know, we tried to record last week and I was down for the count and now we're recording today. And yesterday, Sarah messages me and says, yeah, I don't think I have a voice, but we're here. We're like 75% ready to go. Such troopers. (laughs) We appreciate it. it. Tis the season. I think, Uh, I think it's going around. So it is. if we sound a little bit hoarse or a little bit raspy, that's why. Well, sometimes that's better, right? Yes. There you go. (laughs) Our our jazz voices are on today. So we have a guest today. We do. We're really excited. Yeah, so today what we're going to chat about is we're, we're going a little bit back to our estate planning mini-series. We took a little break last episode, but, you know, like I said, it's November, we're getting closer to December, it's holiday season, and really it's, you know, the season of giving. So today we're going to talk a little bit about charitable giving, and really we're going to be talking from giving through like a will perspective as opposed to, you know, giving during your life. So that's kind of how it ties into our estate planning mini series. And our next episode, we're going to talk more tax. Today, we're just going to talk about, you know, the giving side of things, the fun side, the non-tax side of charitable giving. The practical side of of giving through your will. Yeah. So we have a very, very special guest today that you alluded to, Wendy. We have Mr. Frank Cherizano. And Frank has been involved in the not-for-profit arena for decades with a particular focus in and fundraising development. So hi Frank, how's it going? Sure. So thank you for having me and thank you for that brief introduction, Frankie. Yeah, absolutely. I've been in the nonprofit sector for well next March will be almost 30 years in fundraising. Wow. Yeah. Helped a number of charities pretty much across Ontario, all over Ontario and uh across Canada and down the eastern seaboard of the United States. So it's been quite a career. But an enjoyable one. And now I find myself in the beautiful community of Clarington, where I stand as the CEO of the Bowenville Hospital Foundation. It's been, uh, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great ride so far. That's fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time, Frank, to to join us today, because I think your practical experience will give some good advice, I think, to our listeners who are thinking about donation planning through their will and just, you know, what that looks like and what they need to think about. So um, we're excited to have you here today. So why don't we just jump in and, and you know, ask you our first question. Um, when someone is thinking about leaving, you know, a bequest to a charity through their will, you know, what should they be thinking about now? Like, should they be notifying the charity or what does that process look like? Or do they just write it into their will and, you know, wait till they're, they're passing for the charity to be notified? Yeah, it's funny. I think some people do do that, but no, I think what I recommend is a couple of things uh, is, you know, take the time to do the research, right? The research a charity, uh, make sure that it aligns with your, your uh, areas of giving and interest 
you know, you, you've got to remember that, you know, this, this will be your final gift, right? You're obviously your legacy. And so you want to make sure that that gift represents who you were as a person or as a family. And so I always recommend the research part, you know, and, and it's quite easy to do, you know, most every charity has a, has a website. So, you know, in, in Bowmanville is the, the, the Bowmanville Hospital Foundation. Um, you know, you can click on our website as an example, click on the ways to give. And on that section will be, you know, a plan giving section. So just click onto that area. It has helpful tips. It covers basic information from wills to gifts of property to life insurance, has other helpful tips. And then once you're satisfied with your charities of choice, feel free to give the charity a call. And most organizations with a well-defined plan giving program will have a designated person to talk to. And it may be a volunteer, it may be a, a professional staff person, but there will be somebody there. So yeah, we encourage the research, absolutely research the, the charities that you want to be part of, encourage the conversation with, you know, with the charity. And then once you're satisfied with your choice, contact your lawyer and work in it from there. Work in the well. You're supposed to say, and your tax advisor, Frank, we didn't well, brief you. We're yes, tax people here. Come yes, on. <laughs> yes. And, and so, so thank you for that, Frankie. Also someone you trust, uh, like your accountant, No, but I think I really like that point that you brought up about, you know, the research part, because Sarah and I coming from the tax perspective, we're so focused on, okay, if you donate this amount, you know, this is how much, you know, you're saving in in tax per se. But it is so important that, like you said, it's your last gift, it's your last chance to leave that legacy, whatever size it may be. And, And it really is important that it aligns with who you are and what you want to represent in your you know, well beyond your life. So I think that's a really, a really great point that we as the advisors and the lawyers kind of, we overlook that Probably part, right? Probably skim go, over too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's the families, right? Um, and, you know, you make that final gift and you don't want to be left with, uh, you know, well, you know, I didn't know Frank was into, into the environment, right? So you want, this is your last stance, right? It's your last hurrah. You know, so what do you want to leave as your, uh, you know, as your legacy is what, what do you want to be, what do you want to be known for, you know, in the end? Right. So. Yeah. And and so when, you know, I've chosen a charity and I've, I've updated my will and I, I have that bequest in my will to leave it, you know, certain amount of money to, to a particular charity. So how much control does that donor have over what is to be done with those funds once they've left that bequest in their will? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so most charities or all charities in Canada are governed by our letters of patent and our bylaws, right? So there are some guidelines that you do need to be mindful of. And so for the most part, the individual has a lot of freedom, you know, to choose where they want those dollars to go. Uh, as long as they're within the letters patent or the the bylaws outlined, you know, by the charter that they sign. Uh, and so the donor has a lot of freedom. Uh, to collaborate with the charity, to be as specific as they want, um, you know, uh, and 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 absolutely make that make that final gift to that charity within their parameters. So there's lots of control. Yeah, I'm assuming too. That's why it's beneficial to have that conversation while the donor's still alive, so that the charity understands exactly what you know the donor is looking. To have those funds put towards because you know i'm i'm assuming some donors may be very you know broad and you know these are just to be used for the organization and some might have very specific you know intentions with those funds 
Yeah, and and you know what, we do encourage that uh, that you do that you do have the opportunity to talk to the charity uh, and try and and you know enjoy the process and enjoy enjoy the journey, right? Because uh, there's other things that the charity will do to get you involved. Like they'll they'll invite you to all the cool parties and you know <laughs> invite you to certain events and um, and you'll you'll get to really know the charity while you're while you're still alive, right? And, and reaffirming your choice really over time. Yeah, that's a nice point because I think when we're talking about, you know, kind of pros and cons about giving during your life, the one thing we usually say is a benefit of giving during your life is that you get to to see, see you know, what is happening with your money and you get to experience the benefit of the generous gift that you're giving. So it's it's nice that you could still have some of that experience by involving the charity at the outset when you're when you're drafting your will, obviously it's not the exact same, but it, I think that's a really, really good point to bring up. Yeah. And you're getting, you're getting to know the charity much more intimately than as opposed to leaving the, you know, uh, you know, putting the charity in your will. And then, you know, you don't know whether you don't know anything about that charity and it's intimate pros. You haven't really been involved And in most charities now with, uh, an advanced plan giving program will involve their plan giving donors, right? In in, in the mix, provide the updates, invite them, you know, to certain events, you know, for you know, provide uh, opportunities to meet other volunteers and other donors. So it's it becomes even a you know um, you know part of your lifestyle if if you if you choose to go that route. Yeah. So from your perspective, Frank, if someone's looking to leave, you know, a, a sizable amount to a charity through their will. Does the charity have any preference, you know, whether that's a fixed dollar amount rather than a percentage of the residue? Is it easier administratively one way or the other, or, you know, a charity is really, you know, indifferent? Yeah, I it, I don't think it matters for no. the charity. Um, we want it to be right for the donor and comfortable for the donor. Um, and in the end, the charity, uh, there are a couple things I would keep in mind. Um is you know you know to ensure that the gift's not too restrictive, right? So that you're not putting too many measures around the gift, uh, you know, because you know life does change for a charity, and you know I, there's there's uh, nightmare stories out there where certain donors have left certain specific um, uh, requirements for the charity to follow, uh, and life changes, and they they couldn't use use that money. So I would just be sort of mindful of restrictions. Uh, on that, where the charity is just happy to, to maintain the relationship. Um, and as long as funds are, are coming to the charity to support the programs, whether it be an equipment or a fancy new building, uh, we're, we're just happy to receive it. How interesting uh, you say that. So if you, if I had a, an intention of leaving money, let's just say to the uh, Bowmanville hospital foundation, and I was leaving it for, you know, a specific piece of equipment, if that piece of equipment has already been purchased you know, prior to my gift, are you saying like that, that might be too restrictive and then, you know, that yeah. we don't need it. And yeah. and then there's issues, you know, with, with making that donation. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. So, so the, so the piece of equipment, let's say gets bought prior to your passing. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the get, that the will, um, you know, wasn't altered in time. Mm-hmm. We have to abide by what's in the will, you know, and, you know, and so it, there's a case live, you know, you know, I don't want to want to tuck school out of tails, but there's a ton of money 
uh, tied up with one particular charity that I know of and and they can't use that money because the donor had made it so restrictive for them. Uh, and so, so what I, the advice that I would give is, you know, to those looking at placing it in a will, think of the future for the charity, right? Life mm-hmm. changes. You know, we didn't know, you know, two years ago, we didn't, we didn't know we were, we were going to be facing a, uh, or four years ago, we were be facing a pandemic, a worldwide right. pandemic and things have gone. <laughs> right. And so, so trust the charity that that's why you do your research ahead of time. Mm-hmm. We talked about the research, right? So if you, you've done the research ahead of time, then you know it's going to a good charity. So trust the stewards of that money to do it for the future for you. That's really yeah. good advice. Yeah. And then the more you're involved, I guess, with that charity, you know, the more attuned you are in, in terms of their needs and how those needs Absolutely. change. And yeah, that's, yeah. I don't, from your experience, do you, is it fair to say that there could be more, I don't know, legal implications, you know, get into more you know, legal battles in terms of, well, what is truly that residual amount? And, you know, was there appropriate expenses taken in the estate or, or no, it doesn't, you don't really fall into that issue. Yeah. We've in, in the 30 years, I've not seen it uh, where, where we have uh, issues is when families can, you know, contest the will. Right. And that's where we see the majority of where it gets a little dicey and, and the charities in a very particular situation then, right. You know, we're, we're just happy to be named. And our job at that point is to represent the wishes of the donor at that point. Right. And try our best to, to, to delicately manage that relationship. But as far as disbursement and whether there's extra or less, you know, we, um, you know, I mean, I've never, I've never fought back and said, well, you owe me another hundred thousand. I've never done that. Yeah. We okay. just, uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, to I'm, I'm sure a lawyer would have a different answer to that, that For question. Sure. I'm sure, you know, and, yeah. but it, it all goes back to your initial point, Frank. It's like, yeah. do your research, be comfortable with the charity because, yeah. you know, if you have that level of comfort, you're, you're choosing a charity, which, you know, you've done your due diligence and, and hope that's not the type of organization yeah. you're dealing with. That's going to go through, you know, every single transaction of the estate with a fine tooth comb and, and question everything and, and force a passing of accounts and do all of these, you know, legal complicated things that slow down the estate administrative process. So yeah, it all comes back to your first point. Do the research, <laughs> do the re- do the research, know the group that you're leaving your legacy with, right. And feel comfortable and get to know them while you're alive. Right. Like that's the, that's the, you know, the best advice, you know, maybe this, I see the makings of another show here. We need to bring a lawyer on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, the amount of times we say we should, we need, we have a question for a lawyer on this podcast. Yeah. Maybe I need to be replaced with a lawyer. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you don't, you don't need to go anywhere. We just add another, <laughs> add another guest. We'll just exactly. What's another cup of coffee? I mean, it's all good. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you, you made the comment about issues you've seen is more when the family members can test the will, right. When there's been a, a bequest to the charity. So, Again, I don't know if you can answer this, but is it is it fair to say those situations the the donor may not have communicated that with the family in most cases, so the family's surprised? I can answer that. Yeah, I would say yeah, yeah. It's rare. We we don't we um, you know I think in the thirty years I've been doing you know charitable goodwill work, I think I've had maybe you know I don't know five wills be challenged uh most have gone smooth uh and most have have um uh 
uh, you know, have have benefited and the families have felt really great about it. But, but in those moments where they have it, well, 100%. Not communicated. Not communicated, you know, yeah. So that's another point. That's mm-hmm. a really great point, Sarah. Really great yeah, point. Yeah, I think it's a hard conversation, right? Like talking about your own death and your estate plan, it's a hard conversation. I know, you know, some clients are of the opinion, you know, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to deal with it. Um, or, you know, it's not my problem because, you know, I'm gone. But I think the more upfront people are about their estate plan and their wishes, um, just makes everything smoother after the fact. Because I, I would assume in a lot of the cases, not all, if the family understood that this was, you know, the donor's wishes, they they may not have been so surprised and they may have, you know, not planned on, you know, receiving such a huge inheritance. So less, you know, maybe less likelihood of, of you know, the legal battle. Yeah, Not in all cases, but in some. Yeah, it's hard to talk when, particularly when you're dealing with large sums of money, mm-hmm. right? And, I know, uh, and some, and maybe look, we don't know the dynamics of every family, but you know, families essentially maybe banking on that extra dollar mm-hmm. to come their way. Like who, like who knows? The yeah, dynamics exactly. are all different. And yeah, the charity is always in a tricky spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey there! Thanks so much for listening to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, you can find us at curtis.bakertilly.ca and all of our social media platforms are listed in the show notes. So one question that if I'm an executor, you know, of an estate and I see that there is a large bequest to a charity, what's the first thing that I do there? Do I reach out to the charity right away? Do I go, you know, to the lawyer to, you know, what what from your experience would be the first steps for that executor? Yeah, the executor should contact the lawyer. Uh, and you know, so the lawyers lawyers charged with ensuring that uh, all due diligence is followed and that every step of the way every process, no step is missed, right? And, and we we always, always deal with the lawyer who communicates with the executor uh, when it gets to that point. There are times that we deal with the lawyer and the executor at the same time because the executor really cared about that individual and they wanted to be there every step of the way, That that's fine. Uh, but typically the lawyer is, I would, I would advise that the executor speak to the lawyer of record and then, then they contact the the charity, which is we 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 typically get a letter from the from the the lawyer it's, instead of an executor. Awesome, good to know. Just for those of you out there, <laughs> usually it is going to the lawyer first, right? Because they're going to help the executor interpret the will, interpret the wishes of the will, and make sure everything is done according to the the testator's wishes. So good to know. Thank you for your thoughts on that. More of a note to have a show with a lawyer on. Exactly. I know. My gosh, we're so pro lawyer. We, we are. are. Like, you know, we lawyers. are. Go lawyers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I guess I said this wasn't going to be a super tax episode, but of course it's going to have to touch this episode just a little, little bit. Because um, I did want to talk a little bit about the changes to the alternative minimum tax rules. I say changes, they're proposed changes that had been introduced by the federal government back in March of 2023. And I think Sarah and I, we've talked, we've probably mentioned the words alternative minimum tax on a previous episode and then brushed it off being like, we don't want to get into it. And I'm also not going to get into it in depth here, but I want to talk high level because it currently the proposed changes could have a significant impact on charities across the country. So 
my very quick explanation is alternative minimum tax was introduced back in the 80s as a way to promote fairness in the Canadian tax system to essentially stop high income individuals and many trusts from bringing their taxes payable down to a really low level using credits deductions or exemptions it's basically just you know there's a minimum amount of tax that you have to pay every year it's a calculation that runs in the background when any individual prepares their own you know tax return some of the changes that have been made are further reducing certain credits, one of those credits being the charitable um, giving credit. So that credit's being limited to 50% for the purposes of calculating this alternative minimum tax. I hope that's not too much. I feel like I'm rambling along. But anyway. Well, that's a really good summary. At the end of the day, it's just people will have some tax to pay in the event that they make, you know, charitable donations and their high income earners. So my question to you, Frank, on that is, what's the feel um, amongst, you know, charities, obviously, I was gonna say across the country, but even just the ones that that you touch and you're in communication with, what's the what's the feel there? And the concern, I guess. So I can't speak on behalf of all charities. The country? I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, you know, if I was a paid spokesperson for that, I'm sure I'd, someone would be writing my words. <laughs> you know, but but I I will give you I will give you my view. Uh, you know, when we look at sort of you know the Fraser Institute's 2022 Generosity in Canada Tax Index, right? In the last 20 years, we've actually seen a decrease in donations, right? So in in 20, 2020, we had a 19.1 percent decrease in 20 in 2000 we had a 25.5 percent oh, wow. decrease so that's amongst you know those are sort of regular folk like you and i like we're you know then there's the transformational donors right the major donors the ones that really really make an impact and and they've been giving more right and so mm. you know, when you look at that and you you they essentially the last 20 years it is the major donors and the lead donors to a lot of the campaigns uh, that we've been seeing across Canada that have actually been salvaging charitable giving and getting a lot of these projects done, right? And so when you look at, uh, you know, the current proposed alternative minimum tax formula uh, and apply that to the major donor group, what you might be doing, again, what you might be doing is I have no crystal ball, right? Is, is you might be altering the direction of that. Right. And so, you know, when you, you know, I think it was uh, my good friend, Paul Nazareth from the Canadian Association of Gift Planners, who said, you know, that, you know, he estimates that the proposed Canadian tax changes could negatively impact almost one third of the, of the 11 billion dollars of donated charities dollars, one third. So that's, oh, that's wow. Paul, that's Paul's estimation. Again, we don't know, we don't, none of us have a crystal ball, but we do know that the big donors are giving bigger. They have been in the last 20 years. And as we see the smaller donors giving less, you know, so now you're impacting one side of our side. So we do need to look at that side of the, of the debate. And, and I don't need to tell you what's been going on in the world, right? So, you know, God bless that the inflation rate the other day hit 3.1%. So we are trending in the right direction. However, you know, food costs are high, 
-hmm. you know, mortgage rates are still high. So the regular Canadians are still dealing with stuff. And so donations will be, will probably be down again. Uh, And so I would, I would be, I would just, I would caution the government on that. So that would just be, and that's just my personal view. I don't speak well. I know. And I think that view is of, I would say, majority of people um, that are, you know, informed on this matter. And I guess the good news is it's not currently law. There's still time for the Department of Finance to, you know, per- hopefully provide some clarity on this area. Like you, I don't have a crystal ball. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. But I just I think it's this change is kind of counterproductive to what you know, what the purpose of those rules are. And, but anyway, you know, like I said, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I just thought it was definitely worth mentioning, uh, especially to those that are thinking of leaving a, a large gift in their will. He went there. Frankie went there. He did. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> and I think it's, you know, it's just to keep in mind too, the changes coming, you know, the proposals are coming for 2024. So if you're thinking about doing a large donation, <laughs> you know, get that donation done in 2023 um, just to avoid, you know, any impact of, of AMT going forward. I'm certainly flogging that, that abbreviation, every meeting I have, right. Mm -hmm. So get her, (laughs) get her done, get her done now. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think we're just about out of time. Frank, thank you so, so much. That was so helpful. And I'm sure so helpful to all of our listeners and they will have some now pre-contacts for when we drill them with all the tax implications on our next episode. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and the insight. That's um, yeah, really helpful. Great information. Uh, th- thank you for having me. Really enjoy that. And please, please do thank the uh, the good people at Baker Tilly uh, for all the good work that you do. Really, uh, really appreciate it. And you are donors to the foundation and sponsors. Yes, we are. We appreciate that. Very much appreciate oh, that. Very welcome. Um, you know, it would be great if we could get a lawyer, though, on the show. The show. Yeah, you, you're got <laughs> Absolutely. <it>. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, Frankie, how do we get in touch with you if we have more questions, even about the foundation, how to uh, give and all of that stuff? If you want to get in touch with Sarah and I, you can give us a call at the office at 905-579-5659. Or you can find us online at curtis.bakertilly.ca. And Frank, how do people get in touch with you? Oh, it's quite simple. We have uh, a website. So uh, Um you can reach us via web, or you could easily call the office at the hospital, the Lake Ridge Bonneville Hospital. Uh, and we're at 905-823-3331, extension 21881. Okay, awesome. well, great. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, ladies. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to From the Source with Frankie and Sarah. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at curtis.bakertilly.ca or give us a call at 905-579-5659. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Frankie Loretto, Sarah Netley, or Baker Tilly KDN. Baker Tilly KDN LLP is a member of the Baker Tilly Canada Cooperative, which is a member of the global network of Baker Tilly International Limited. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional accounting advice. Always seek the advice of your chartered professional accountant or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your tax planning.